Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. This is officially the first podcast for What Happens in the Woods. My name is Jessica. I'll be your host. And along with me on this crazy ride is my husband. Is is this thing on? I mean, I hope so. You're in charge of that. Oh. So is it on? It's on. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm here. Well, hi. Hello. Good, good to know. Good to know you're here. Okay. I wouldn't have you anywhere other place. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Sure. We can't act like we like each other. Sometimes. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes. So here we are. This is uh, our first podcast. We're trying to kind of introduce ourselves a little bit, uh, give you some information about what we're trying to do with this podcast and what we're interested in, as well as just a little background information about why we're into this. So this is a true crime podcast. Might be some sarcastic remarks every once in a while. We do have, uh, well, I curse like a sailor, so I'm not going to apologize for it. It is what it is. And uh, we will be talking about things that might be a little sensitive. And we'll try to do our best to not offend anybody. Um, If you're easily offended, this is probably not for you. So thanks for coming, but you can... You can just go find another podcast. Would you agree? Hmm? Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. I agree. All right. I concur. Moving on. Moving on. So true crime kind of been one of our recent shared passions, but something that we've both kind of been interested in, just not shared up until recently. So... How I mean, recent? I don't know. What would you say? Like five years now? Yeah, probably. Probably shared interest in about five years. But I I mean, I've kind of I always I, had a little bit of an interest in it. Yeah. So, I mean, when did when did you first start getting interested in true crime or detectives? Um, or I mean, I've like always that? been interested in detective stories like Sherlock Holmes. I remember being forced to read the Sherlock Holmes and the, what was that, the... Uh, the Hounds of Baskerville. Yeah, you know, it's really sad. I've never read them. Mm. I I know. I'm a horrible 
single person. Missing out. Yeah. For somebody who likes to read as much as I do, it's, yeah. No, I remember reading that at first, but then, you know, growing up and my mom watching all the crime, the crime uh, TV shows that's like in their real infancy, uh, you know, like Unsolved Mysteries. My mom used to watch all of them. I mean, just anything to do with true crime or, you know, uh, any kind of mystery she did. She she would watch that. Did you guys watch um, Moonlighting? <laughs> yes. Don't why you laugh. Religiously. No, why because it was religiously. Like, my, I remember my dad and my mom, you know, my dad laying on the couch watching Moonlighting. And, like, he was really into Bruce Willis. Like, he. Well, yeah, fuck yeah. He, oh, he went to Bruno concerts. Like. Yeah? Yes. Your dad. I My love dad. it. No, I love it because I wouldn't assume, I wouldn't think that about your dad at all. But yeah, sure. Yeah, right. he was a Bruce Willis fan, and he—I don't think he would come out and say it. Even if I asked him straight to his face, he would be like, "I don't really like Bruce Willis." <laughs> yeah, whatever, Dad. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, we watched that religiously too. That was—I mean, everybody was gaga over Bruce Willis, and I grew up in a family of mostly women, so yeah. We were we were all over that. Yeah, I sure. think like my dad growing up too watched Perry Mason and he was really into Perry oh, yeah. Mason and um he tried to get me to watch that, but you know, I was still young. I mean this is I, I still lived uh on Travis Air Force Base, so I was still in elementary school, you know, I was in the G.I. Joe and Transformers. But at that time, you know, there's only one one T V in the house and the kids were the remotes. So Right. <laughs> I would yes. have to go and change the channel for my parents, like when Moonlighting was on or Unsolved Mysteries or even, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever. We, I, we did have HBO, too, and I remember those strange stories. Or I think it's coming back out, but strange stories. My mom, on, my mom would watch a lot of those. Yeah, I don't know what those are. We we couldn't have HBO when I was growing up We um, because of my grandparents being ministers. Mm. We... Um, just the way that it worked out, like they, I, not only would they probably not have approved yeah. <laughs> of what was on there. I don't know. Your grandma was pretty. Uh, so I didn't know your grandfather, but your grandma was cool. Your grandma was very progressive. But they had their shared interests. You know, they would do their things. Like they were WW back then. It was WWF. Mm-hmm. We got the magazine. Mm-hmm. We oh. got every pay per view. Wow. We, I mean, we were not playing in our house. There was, if wrestling was on, you would sit down and shut up and watch it. And that was just that. Was it wrestling or wrestling? Wrestling. Oh, It was wrestling. So, I mean, they they had their things that were just outside of their normal, but, um, you know, what you would expect a minister or or a preacher or anybody to be into, but... I think my grandfather was a little bit more serious. He didn't. Um, yeah, there were a lot of things that it just kind of was. We're not going to do that because we're we you know want to portray that this is how we live our lifestyle and this is how we live our lifestyle. We don't we don't yeah. recommend those shows and and whatever. So yeah, there were a lot of things like that we we just didn't have growing up. But then you know once my mom and I moved out of the house, that was a different story. <laughs> Oh. We were, it was, you know, there was Showtime, there was Red Shoe Diaries, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a different story. But um, yeah, I mean, my grandparents had some strict rules for a little while, but 
Then, yeah, my grandmother was big into, do you remember uh, silk stockings? No. Oh, my God. So this, uh, I think it started on another network, but uh, USA picked it up. Mm-hmm. And it was basically sex upon sex upon sex crimes. And it was uh, Rob Estes and, um, oh, no, I can't remember her name. Loved her. I thought she was gorgeous. But they were solving these crimes of passions. They were detectives, I believe. Okay. And they were solving crimes of passions. Grandma was all over it. Oh. So, yeah, Grandma had a little bit of a feisty side. But, mm, yeah. you know, she was from Oakland. She was from the Bay. She was kind of had a hard knocks life. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's real life. It's real life. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So early years and then progressing. Did you uh, advance your watching further or reading? So, I mean, when I was little, I I just, I've always, basically I was raised a single child, so books were my life. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I figured out that I could create my own worlds Mm -hmm. uh, within my mind, you know, I I have um, not a vivid imagination, but I don't have a hard time picturing things. So uh, some of the first books that kind of struck me were Encyclopedia Brown Mm -hmm. and I, probably nobody knows what this is. We're aging ourselves quite a bit. Yeah. If you can Google it, Google it. If you can find some at a yard sale or something, I I highly recommend them because it's deductive reasoning. And, you know, for somebody who was in like third, fourth grade reading these books, they're short. They keep your attention. There's like three mini stories within a little chapter book. And this kid is my age going around solving these crimes or not crimes, but you know, little, little things like, Oh, who stole the lunch money from the school cafeteria or something like that. Um, you know, and the, the three stories in the book would be connected somehow. So it kind of, they played into each other. It just, it held my attention and it kind of was my first, uh, introduction into if you look at the facts, if you look at reasonable deducting of, you know, this is plausible. Yeah. You could solve everyday problems. Yeah. And it just kind of opened up this whole new world for me. And they were, I thought they were great books. And I try to get our girls, we have three girls, I try to get our oldest to read them. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. And she kind of tossed it aside. And I was just so yeah. sad <laughs> because yeah. she wasn't into it like I did. You well, know, no, like I read I was. them too. I remember in third grade, I found it at a book fair or I, no, I found it at the library. And then every time we had a book fair, I would go look for those books. And I always remember that story where the, the rival, I don't I don't remember the gang, but, uh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There was that had, rival, rival yeah. kid. Yeah. They yeah. had a, a raffle and, uh, one of the members of the rival, they, they won the raffle and they couldn't figure out how they, mm. they got the raffle ball out. How they picked that specific one. Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, they froze it. They put it in a thermos. Right. And then when he pulled the raffle ball out, it was... He knew it was frozen. It was frozen. So he just he was feeling around for the cold one. I still remember that story from third grade, and that was yeah. probably 30 years ago. Oh, shh. We're not going to talk about that. No, okay. no. no aging. <laughs> no aging. We're old enough. We're old enough to know. Yes, but I'm not a boomer, so I'm. I know. I'm proud to say Don't that. put us in that category. Okay, boomer. No, no. 
Uh, yeah. But progressing through that, I mean, I, I remember reading those books. Those were awesome books. And yeah. I don't, you know, like Sherlock Holmes, I read later, but uh, I mean, I read it for elementary school also, but you know, you had to read it. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much it for me. Like my mom and, you know, TV was becoming a big thing, like TV series and yeah, unsolved mysteries. I remember his voice, man. It's still like if I hear it, it's still it's still so iconic. That's uh, Robert Stark, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that his name, Stark? I believe so. Robert Stark. I don't know. Yeah, no, that his voice is definitely iconic to anybody that regularly watched those shows. And the, you know, it was so hard though for me to take some of that seriously. You know, some of the reenactments and well, things some, yeah, were really cheesy. The, yes. Yeah. But it, it definitely, I think... Um, it helped visualize. And, but, it, yeah. but it was... Some of it was cheesy. I definitely do think that that um, kind of paved the way for some of the other shows that are popular now, like uh, Cold Cold Case, mm-hmm. uh, First 48. Yeah. Um, what else is out there? there? I mean, there's a lot. You can kind of pick and choose... Um, a lot of of channels, you know, true true network used yeah. to be something else, and I don't remember what it was. It's changed Court TV. Court TV. Yeah, but they had so many, you know, true stories of of crime. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I mean, don't you feel like the media in the last, I would say, twenty thirty years have has really because it's so much more accessible. It's become like sensationalized. I mean, look at the OJ trials. Yeah, look yeah. at, um, you know, John Bonet. Yeah. Look at all of those that are. I, they can't. You can't really get away from it anymore. No. And I, I do kind of think that, you know, starting that little seed back in the in the late seventies, early eighties. I mean, there were crime shows in the sixties. There were mm-hmm. detective shows. Um, but I think the eighties had like that big explosion of detective mm-hmm. shows, and then. It's become, um, I, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, CSI became a big thing in, what, the late 90s or mid-90s. Yeah. Um, it just kind of exploded, and now you, you find it everywhere. You cannot get away from true crime, and I think no. that's why, it's not that people didn't love it. People have loved it this whole time. It's just that they, now it's accessible. Now you don't, you're not relaying on stories that somebody you know is telling you. It's, you know, you can go search anywhere and go down a rabbit hole and find 50 different cases that might be similar or I don't know. It's just, it's everywhere now. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I think that's everyone's uh, fascination with it is they want to be behind the curtain. And so like shows like CSI, you know, they, they showed you in the microscope and they showed you, uh, you know, the, how DNA catches everybody. And that's always been, you know, the, the hot word DNA Mm -hmm. catches everybody. And, but I think just showing you how, uh, police work. I mean, not that CSI is a true account of it, but no, by no means very boring, but, um, yeah, I don't think you're going to find, I mean, maybe in Vegas, Vegas has got some weird shit that happens and, you know, we all know Vegas was founded by mobsters. So plenty of stories there, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think that that is a real portrayal of what a CSI uh, investigator would find in their job uh, on a daily basis. But also, I, I think to to bring it back to what we were talking about was, you know, the five years ago where we really shared it was I, I think I forced it upon you was uh, Phoebe Judge and Criminal, how we would 
listen to podcasts and like I started into podcasts because I would commute from Vacaville to Oakland, which everyone knows the Bay area traffic is horrible and I can only listen to so much Pandora or, you know, Google play music, uh, any of those radio stations. You only listen to so much. And then I, that's when I started getting into podcasts and, you know, I started with Joe Rogan, but the ones that really piqued my interest was uh, Phoebe judge and how she would explore cases you know, um, that were of wrongfully accused people or that was, I don't know. Well, I think her approach to it is, um, I mean, it's very simplified. You could follow along with it. She tried to talk to, you know, people that had a first, um, like first person account, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think lends a lot of credibility when you're talking about something. If you can talk to a source that is involved or the actual source that, um, really gets the right story out there. It's not just a bunch of people speculating about this is what we heard happen and, and you know, or digesting a police report and trying to interpret that. Mm-hmm. She really, um, you know, wanted to get the source straight and she gave you the information that actually meant something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bullshit. It was... You know, here I'm talking to the person that knows or I'm talking to somebody who has an inside on this. Yeah. And and I think that's why I appreciated that show. You, I mean, you maybe probably turned it on and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Really I got a lot of resistance. It. A lot. Yeah. But that's my natural reaction mm-hmm. to anything that I don't find mm-hmm. or I don't want to do is, mm-hmm. yeah, like, what the hell is this? I don't yes. I don't want to do this. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. OK. Well, I mean, I'm glad you know that after 20 years of, you know. 20 plus of us being together, mm-hmm. you should know this about me. And it, I'm, I'm, if I didn't say it, then I'm glad that you forced me to continue listening. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a captive audience. Usually when I, the, the reason I would do it is because I would commute and then I was like, Oh, maybe my wife would like to hear this. Or I found it very fascinating. But then <laughs> when we would go to the casino or we would go to cash Creek, I'd have a captive audience at least for 45 minutes. And that's about how long, uh, the episodes were some of them were longer, maybe even two parts, but you know, it was something to fill the void. Or, I mean, of even traveling where, you know, we would go to cash Creek and it's about a 45 minute drive for us. And that's a, about how long the episodes were, but you know, it was also that turnaround drive. We could listen to the second half. So there was something, even if we lost all our money, we would have something to look forward to <laughs> on the drive. TV judge was our consolation yes, prize. That's correct. Yes. I love that. Yes. That's I, I do appreciate that, that we had that time together. Mm. And yeah, even if we went up there and won nothing and we were coming home, we'd get in the car and just kind of settle in and listen to a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think that, too, that, I mean, that planted the seed for you. I don't have much time in a car, to be honest with you. Mm. I I catch snippets of things here and there. Um, and then when I'm at home, I don't put earbuds in and listen to things. Yeah. So I, I don't have, um, you know, I haven't been getting into depth into a lot of podcasts up until maybe within the last year. Mm-hmm. So I think when we moved to Washington... Um, that really kind of sparked for me, I guess, just kind of ignited 
Yeah. The flame was kind of lowly burning with Phoebe Judge and mm-hmm. Criminal, and then it just kind of started again. And you introduced me to my favorite murder. <laughs> yes. And I'm obsessed. Yes. Completely obsessed. Well, yeah. Again, when we moved here to Washington, I think, I mean, for me, again, we moved about the same amount of miles and I was commuting. And again, it was that. But, you know, um, I had wanted to. I don't know why, you know, I started listening to Joe Rogan. I mean, I'd always listen to Joe Rogan, but I wanted to expand and I was like, let's see what else is out there. So I spread my proverbial podcast wings and, and stayed within the realm of true crime and everything like that. But I found, uh, my favorite murder and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty entertaining show, you know, they're down to earth and Hey, maybe we could talk about something like that, but I, I, you know, and it's, it's very entertaining. It's not just, uh, them, you know, reciting facts and things like that but no they they definitely put their spin on it and i i mean i would never um want to intentionally sound like any of the other podcasts that we've listened to but Mm -hmm. i just know that they um i can appreciate that they consider themselves a true crime comedy pad podcast yeah um, because, you know, while these things that we talk about are, are going to be very upsetting and, um, sad, they're just sad. Yeah. Um, it's, it's delving into a, an aspect of human nature, um, that fascinates me. How do people, how do people do this? How do people, um, up and, you know, decide to murder somebody for no reason or feel that they're justified mm-hmm. to, you know, horrifically, you know, dismantle a body. Yeah. Um, it, it's delving into that human nature that, you know, is kind of going to be our spin, I think is what, how do people get this way? How, what happens? Like, what's the backstory? And that's kind of what I want us to look at more. There's going to be some times when I'm sure I say very flippant things, but I, I don't want it in any way. Um, Like I said, I don't want in any way come across disrespectful, but um, I appreciate that they skit that line, you know, um, or skirt that line. They, um, you know, can do it gracefully and they bring an aspect of comedy to it that kind of lightens the mood. So I, yeah, I'm definitely been obsessed with that. Um, And I think when we moved here, that kind of. (laughs) <laughs> listening to that podcast and then it was like one thing after another i mean you had that experience yeah, yeah. and, and I, th- I we actually and this is what it led to it we actually uh, decided to start undertaking this this podcast because of i don't know what you call serendipity i don't know what you would call it um but like we started we moved to washington we moved to you know i i decided to take a job in seattle washington uh and when we moved here, it was just like all of a sudden we started hearing about all these murders or, you know, um, killings. Like horrific crimes. Yeah. Not just like. Or oh, weird yeah. shit. Like yes, weird Very crimes. weird shit. And it was just like all of a sudden in the span of less than six months we had been here, um, we started hearing just it was like specific stories about Washington. You know, I I turned on Netflix and there was that one about. um Oh, geez. Uh, it was an unsolved mystery in uh, Chehalis. And uh, I think it was Ed and Minnie. They got they, they were murdered at their house, but they were found. 
that was part of the um wasn't it the cold case uh, yeah the cold case revised? files yeah and then yeah and then we we listened to some more podcasts um like the murder squad and they had talked about missing an indigenous women and how seattle was like the number one place in the nation for not just women but also indigenous women missing and then you know i think on my favorite murder we like right after that we had heard um or I had heard about an assassination, you know, like a, an assassin in the area. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the hell did we get into? And there was a couple other stories, too. And But the biggest one that really launched it was for me when we moved to Washington. And I, I reported before, um, you know, Jess and the kids moved up. Um, I stayed in a hotel and, like, I drove from California to Washington and like I said, this is what really sparked it, where I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And when I checked into the hotel, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. You know, I, the drive took a little bit longer than I thought. And I got there at 1 o'clock in the morning, checked in. You know, we've, we uh, he gave me my keys. And so he said, oh, yeah, it's around the corner. And I took my motorcycle and I drove around to the side and walked up to the door. And the guy had met me at the door. And yeah, at I, one o'clock in the morning, I was like, what the fuck? I just don't know why he I, I'm still confused as to why he thought that was OK. Like yeah, you didn't give him your luggage or anything like that. No. And you didn't ask for like extra towels or no, I just I don't know. Like just, hey, howdy ho. I don't know. Yeah. And he the first thing he says to me, uh, he's like, oh, yeah. And he points across behind for so where my door faces, I guess, the Green River. And, you know, being new to Washington, I don't know where I am. I don't know what is around me. I'm, I'm brand new. Never been here. Um, never lived here. So he he points to me and says, oh, yeah, across the river there, that's where the Sounders practice. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'm not really big into soccer. I, you know, apologize to anyone, but it's it's just not for me. And then, I, you know, I'm, I was like, okay, thanks. You know, I was like, oh, cool. Trying to be polite. And he goes, oh, yeah, and that's the Green River where all the bodies were found from the uh, Green River Killer. And I was all, in my head, I automatically thought, this guy's going to kill me. I was <laughs> yeah. like, it's one thirty yeah. in the morning, and this guy, this is the second thing he says to me. This is a copycat and, or in, something. Yeah, in yeah. passing. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go in my room now. And then, you know, he tells me, oh, it's a brand new room. You know, you're the first one staying in it. And I was just like, cool, thank you. And then I didn't realize, you know, I walked in there. It's, it is brand new. It still smelled like paint and all brand new appliances. And it was kind of like an extended stay, but I didn't know what it was, was there was a backsliding door to it, which led to like, you know, everything was in a circle and I could see him walking away, but also looking back, which just, I was like, Jesus Christ, Oh my God. this guy's going to come back and fucking kill me. And yeah. I was glad I looked out the back because I didn't think there was a, a back door. You know, most, Why would you? That's not normal. Yeah. Most hotels, motels, you know, they don't have a back door. And But I, I recognized well, that there was curtains back there. And I was like, what the hell is well, this? Or if they have one, it goes to like a, a uh, secluded patio. Yeah. No, this one was an open campus. You could. I had my own little pad out there, but I made sure that the backsliding door was locked. And yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, I mean, once you told me that story and I was kind of like, Jesus, where the hell are we going? What, what in, 
when are did we get it ourselves into are we gonna are we gonna be safe are we yeah. gonna be okay <laughs> and i mean i've been to seattle before i'd come up and visit my aunt who had lived here when i was about 12 or 13 and i thought it was great i i thought it was you know cool place to come and hang out and hadn't been able to come back other than layovers um, at the airport. I've mm-hmm. never really come back and visited as an adult. I knew nothing about any of that at all. Yeah. And it just seemed to, I mean, the second we got here, it just seemed to be, oh, and this happened in Washington. And I mean, there's, yeah. there's one, uh, there's one that I watched on, it wasn't, it was on the ID channel, I think. One episode, I'm watching, pro, like, you know, repeat episodes are coming up and I'm just mm-hmm. like house cleaning or something. And third episode into watching, like, you know, binge watching, mm-hmm. uh, shows a picture of the, like, gas station that's just down the street from us. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and they're talking about, have you seen this missing woman and I kind of stopped what I was doing, looked at the TV and just kind of had a moment where I couldn't process anything. And I'm thinking, I never lived someplace where it showed up on a TV show other than the news yeah. of, you know, here's this crime that happened. Have you seen this person or do you have any leads or, you know, and I'm thinking, what in the hell? This is yeah. just up the street from where we are. And, you know, it happened years ago, but it's still it's one of those things where you don't expect to see your little neighborhood on a national televised program. And the more and more we got into these things, the more we found. Mm -hmm. So here we are now. I mean, we had at one point thought, you know, I kept saying we could could do a podcast. Mm -hmm. We could talk about all these crazy things that we're finding. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, yeah, we won't start a podcast. You know, who wants to listen to us? I, who wants to hear my voice? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what we would say. Are we interesting? I don't know. And we may not be. But um, I I think that we, you know, a lot of things that you may not know and we can talk about them. Yeah. You know, we just want to discuss what happens here, not just Washington, but, you know, kind of the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Originally, we had just decided that we were going to name the podcast What the Fuck Washington. Yeah. Because literally every time something came up, we would say, what the fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck is going on? Yeah. But, but we, we nixed that. Yeah. I think <laughs> if we continue this, that it was, you know, a bigger picture and what happens in the woods is... I think is a lot broader and we could talk about more things, not just here in Washington, but I, I will say <laughs> it's going to start here in Washington. And a lot of it happens here. Cause like I said, I had never heard of the green river killer. You know, you hear a tent Bundy, but I had never heard of the green river killer, even in California, you know? So. Yeah, no, I'd never. And he, yeah. So that actually is going to be, this is our first of- official episode, you know, our, Hey, what's up? That will be um, episode number two. Will be Green River Killer. We're going to get into Gary Ridgway, his life. You know some interesting things about him. Some not so interesting things about him. Mm-hmm. But um, that'll be that'll be next. Yeah. And we'll continue to go from there as long as people want to listen. As long as I can find interesting things to talk about, 
we'll be here. Thank you to anybody that tuned in even for a few minutes. We appreciate it. We definitely want to hear any suggestions of, um, you know, stories that you might have, local stories of Washington or Oregon, Northern California, um, parts of Idaho, you know, any, anything kind of in, in this area, um, anything you think we want to hear, we probably want to hear it. Yes. Any suggestions would be helpful. Uh, and again, we thank you guys for listening. Hope you're entertained and, uh, we're out. Bye.